Here's a penny for your thoughts. I got a penny for your thoughts. This is the Penny Be a Thoughts podcast. We back at it. Still talking about her back at Back to it, buddy. Hey, y'all. And Marcus. You. Let's get into it. Oh, let's get into it. With your long intro. You. Me, <laughs> the people want to know what we about to say. They, but they like hearing the intro too. Oh, okay. No, they love my voice. Right. They like my voice. <laughs> I know there was a time. Don't let make me put you on blast. <laughs> that you didn't feel. I ain't going to do it, y'all. Kid done you ain't feel. Way. He a vet now. Tell him, no. <laughs> you a vet now. <laughs> ain't no he ain't feel comfortable doing it. Tell him this ain't my rookie year. Tell him. You a perennial all-star now. This is the second season in the pod. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him. He an MVP candidate. He got man. his lines down. You heard. It's like a podcast. <laughs> we here with Marcus and Ness. You know. Javon is missing the day, but we will we will carry on. Javon and Jasmine. And Jazz. Prayers with you, Javon. Yes, prayers with you, Javon. Y'all hold my boy down, man. Word up. Stay strong. Yeah, we're right back to it. So we picking up from where we left off. Um we ran through chapter one. Uh we stepped on chapter two just a little bit. We definitely want to pick up from there. Um, we were just talking off air about about the whole book itself. It's only three chapters, but there's a lot of little piece, little little nuggets in there, and a lot of little things that we can discuss. And I feel like you can get a full meal off of this, man. You can really get fed, and and if you take time to read it, you know, God to give you different revelations and some even some encouragement. Mm-hmm. But um, we'll kind of pick up from where we were at. Uh. Do y'all want to kind of start with the five different wolves first? You want to start there? You want to kind of jump back a little bit more? I think we can talk about uh, kind of chapter because we did we really talk about his second complaint? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we touched on that. So we going? Yeah, all right. I mean, we. So, so I guess like the Lord's answer and kind of go from there. Segue into the yeah. Yeah. So, at this point in chapter two, kind of to bring everyone up to speed, uh, God answers. Habakkuk's prayer, his complaints. And um, I'm going to touch that real quick. Just thought about that. Mm-hmm. People in the body of Christ, we have complaints. I mean, I you know, we you know, we won't charge God foolishly, but we got our, we have our, you know, our gripes, our complaints. Whether we are all the way in the right with God or not, we 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 still have them. We still mm-hmm. have our things, and some of it is stuff we just don't understand. Um, and it's for me for a long time, just or just based off of how I was raised in church. You know, I, I wouldn't ask God nothing. I really wouldn't, and I'm just so careful because I didn't want to, of course, of course, offend God. But uh, with my spiritual maturity, I've learned that you can ask God stuff. There's things that you don't understand, and you should go to God with that stuff when things aren't necessarily going right and you don't understand them. Right. You know, like, God, I just don't understand why X keeps happening. You know, it's just whatever that might be. So um, I know, like I said, for me, that took some spiritual maturity mm-hmm. because I was I was raised in the Pentecostal mm-hmm. church. We was pretty much apostolic, and you didn't ask God stuff. 
you didn't. They they or at least they made you feel like that. You never wanted to, you know. You can't ask God. You can't charge God foolishly. Like like well, look, this is stuff I don't understand, and I want to know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I did so, it a lot. Right. So yeah, I understand. Right. You know, I don't. I don't understand everything. Question God. Right. And I question. I had a lot of questions because when I was in church, and I'm I'm sure a lot of Christians raised in the church, you have these questions, especially. When you're in a church where you feel like you're just going through the motions because your mom and dad said, as long as you under this household, yeah. you're going to come to church every Sunday. Yeah. So you just go into church and you really just going because you want to see your friends and yeah. sit there and laugh and play around. And you ain't listening to nothing the preacher got to say. Mm-hmm. Bible study is a drag because yeah. you're just tired. Yeah. And you go through life. Well, grow, you're growing up in the church, but you're not learning anything. You're not growing because you're not understanding, first, why you're going to church. You just know that you have to go to church. And that's, for me, that was my story for a long time. Right. Where I was just going to church. And then that was, I think that was so, why it was so easy for me to just dip out once I got out of my parents' house. Uh-huh. I just was like, all right, I ain't got to go to church no more. I ain't going. Right. Because there was no reason for me. I hadn't developed a relationship with God. Right. So. But you had the introduction though. I I had the foundation. Yeah, you had the introduction. So that, that, that helped a lot. And I have to to thank my dad, my stepmom, and my grandma for that. Mm -hmm. Because they planted those seeds in me. Right. And many times them seeds don't grow until you get challenged with them, right? You know, you hear all the stuff in church, and it's like, okay, that's good. You know, church is wonderful. God is great. And you don't understand how good God really is until a circumstance comes. Yeah, you mm-hmm. don't experience nothing when you don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Right. You, when you're at that age where you want to be there, like, your biggest your biggest issues are your grades and if somebody like you in class. Or, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. You know, you ain't got no real bills. You don't have no real responsibilities. Like, it's like... You don't really have no reason to... Like, I'm not saying that's... The, that. Let me rephrase that. You do have a reason because you're breathing. Of course. Mm-hmm. But you don't understand and you don't appreciate the gifts that God has given you because your maturity level hasn't reached that. You haven't gone through anything to even bring you to that point. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I'm breathing because of God. Right. I'm alive because of God. I have a roof over my head because of God. I got food in the fridge because of God. We don't... You know, we don't... We're not there yet. And then you go out and live life and you like, wow, something gets taken away from you or a couple of things get taken away from you mm-hmm. or you go through a heartbreak or something. And you're just like, I can't do this without God. Mm-hmm. I can't get through this. There's no way I can mentally make it without God in my corner or without God pushing me and bringing me through, shoot, carrying me through mm-hmm. a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I didn't understand that poem, the footprints poem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Until, until I you. yeah, until yeah. like like. But I would always look at the picture. I never really read the poem, but I would always look at the picture and I'm like, why is there? Because my mom, I don't know who explained it to me, but I remember just real quick somebody had told me, told me that uh, yeah, there's somebody walking with God, and I was just always looking at the footprints. Like, there's only one set of footprints. Hmm. So how is God with me? And then you get older, and you're like, oh, he was carrying me that whole time. Right, right. right. His footprints. My feet weren't even touching the ground. Right. He, 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 he helped you to avoid the brunt of 
the real deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, same thing with the children of Israel. I know it's it's rough to to understand it or even to probably look at it from this point of view, but even them being enslaved in, in, in Babylon, things could have been worse. You know, they could have been, they could have really, really, like, really, really been fit dealing with the brunt of it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, working seven days a week, getting beat every day, you know, they're giving just the bare minimum just to make it to the next day and, and things of that nature. You know, it could always be worse. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It could have been a lot worse. But, um, you know, even in a situation um, kind of like that, um, in chapter two, mm-hmm. you know, we're getting that response and God is speaking. So we question God and God gives the answer. And the thing about it is, is that God will give an answer sometimes in a way that we don't, it doesn't match it with what we want. You know, it's not, cause we, we ask some questions. We want a direct answer. We want a specific answer. And sometimes God might give you a vague answer. Mm-hmm. You know, he might say, you might do all your, I mean, you crying out to God, like, God, why, Lord, why? And, and then he might just say, my grace is sufficient. And, you know, for some people, like, that's not enough. I know your grace vision. No, mm-hmm. my grace is sufficient. And that's the, that's sometimes a reminder of where we're at. Like, my grace is sufficient. I've covered you. I've kept you. And even in this, I'm going to do that again. I'm going to keep you in the midst of trials. I'm going to keep you because I believe that there were some people down in, in Babylon. They were crying out to God. They were asking God to keep me, preserve me. Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. Even if the, the rest of them aren't sorry. I remember when I did wrong. I remember when I you told me to go left and I went right. I remember when I, I hated my neighbor or I coveted or, or I committed sin. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Clean my heart. Fix me. Make me right. Yes, I'm still in this situation. My daily situation doesn't change. But God, I know that I'm wrong. I've come up short. And in whatever I need to do to make up the difference, because now I'm trying to get this balance restored with you, because I want this bond. How much? Okay, I'm going there. How much do you really love God in that situation? Everybody can love God when things are going well. But the love that you have for God many times gets challenged when God will allow things to be taken from you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes even our freedoms get taken from us, like in today's time. Mm-hmm. Or at least it feels like our freedoms are being taken from us. Do you still love me then? When, you know, you turn on your TV and we see unarmed black men being shot. You still love me then? Yeah. When people walk into their jobs like FedEx and just start shooting everybody, do you still love me then? Yeah. When we have to wear masks and have to worry about taking the vaccine that we not 100% sure that it actually works, do you still love me then? You know, it costs blood clots in women that, you know, that are pregnant. Do you still love me then? And God will navigate you through all of that because we're dealing with a lot of stuff right now, a lot of challenges. And we have to be able to somehow, some way, keep that line of communication open with God. You know, we have to. It's paramount. Like good times or bad times. Right. And like right now, there's so much going on. I can go to work tomorrow and get shot. Heaven forbid. You know, because people like people are not people are not dealing with everything that's going on in the world right now very well. 
No, they're not. They are, they, they are cracking under the pressure. Yeah. And, you know, a part of me is just like, well, welcome to being black. Yeah. I mean, just being honest, like, that's a part of me feels is like, well, black people been dealing with stuff forever and a day. So it's like, you'll deal with it. It is what it is. But we have to keep that line of communication open. I really believe that there was somebody down in Egypt, down in Babylon saying, God, please keep me. Yeah. Because I got to live through this. Right. I got to try to raise a family through this. I got to be able to try to be a husband through this, be a wife through this. And we're dealing with that today that, you know, you still got to be a husband. No matter what's going on outside your door, you still have to come home and be a husband and a father. Right. And those are still your challenges, whether you want them or not. Until God calls you home, those are your challenges in those circumstances. So I got to keep that line of communication open with God. Otherwise, I might lose my mind. I might snap. I might crack under the pressure. I might just commit suicide. I, I might go home and just kill my whole family. Mm-hmm. Like, people are doing it. Yeah. You know, the ex-football player, the man, shot, the man killed the doctor that was helping him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. He killed the doctor that was helping him, and he killed like three or four other people. There's, there, I mean, the Bible doesn't talk about it, but mm-hmm. you can't tell me that there weren't people down in Babylon that were experiencing some of this type of pressure. I'm born a slave. I ain't even do nothing. I'm born into circumstance. There's nothing I did. My forefathers did this, mm-hmm. and God still won't let me out. And I, and y'all still expect me to serve a God like that? Who you slaving me for? I ain't do nothing. Yeah. People question it. They ask. Why I'm serving a guy that let me be a slave. I ain't do nothing. I feel like I feel like the people all those people that you were describing, um, I feel like what has gotten us out of those things is those shoot, I don't know, very few people who are that still have faith in God and are still praying and asking God to deliver us from all of those things that you're describing, violence and right. just everything. Right. And it says it right here in the word um, that the righteous shall live by faith. Right. In verse four. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also going into when God is replying to when God finally replies to Habakkuk. He's still not giving him giving him an answer, mm-hmm. but he's starting to now talk about the Babylonians and just explaining all the things that they are doing wrong. Right. And those are the big five woes. Which are greed, mm-hmm. um, false security, which is relying on treasure and wealth protections, built a city. Mm-hmm. Built a city um, inaccessible to the enemies, but we still get destroyed. You know what I mean? Um, violence, arrogance, um, and idolatry. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, everything that freaking that Marcus was just talking about. Yeah, and because it's going on right now, though. Mm-hmm. I mean. I mean, we can go. We can literally probably name one and then give an example right off, right off bat. We like, can name one and talk about it for days. <laughs> right, right. Like I know the biggest one to me is the, the idolatry and the arrogance. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I think it's funny how black people talk about being woke and, you know, their third eye and they want to burn sage and they want to, these crystals and... Charging crystals. Charging crystals and... This third eye kills me, yo. And, uh... The Holy Ghost? Oh. Right. Okay. <laughs> and, um... Just all the things that, you know, the extra and I... I it bothers me. Because it's like... Explain to me... How... You can take... Sage. Burn it. Walk around your crib. And all of a sudden, that's going that's that's going to keep something out of your house. Same house. That that's and and then, then you don't call it idolatry. You say that not, it is idolatry. If you're trusting in you burning something, mm-hmm. you're you that's your god because you believe that whatever that power that that it possesses is supposed to help your household. The Bible says, "Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, right, and lead not to your own understanding." Yeah. Not careful, fall into our own devices, and to me, all of what you just said, those are those are other devices. It no. almost got me though, the whole burning sage and crystals. Because at first, I'm just like, well, I'm not doing it because of why you think I'm doing it, right? But then I heard this video that Norman sent me a video of this woman who's now a Christian, mm-hmm. um, a believer. But she used to be she uh, she, she used to be a, a witch. Yeah, yeah, and she was basically explaining to people that. So you guys are gonna tell me that burning sage has nothing to do with witchcraft. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you that I was a witch, right? And that's what we used. We right. used to burn sage. Right. It's voodoo. It's witchcraft. So how are you telling me that that's not what you're doing? That is what you're doing. That's, is that, that is, how is that how she kind of said it? Pretty much. Yeah. It is. It is witchcraft because I was a witch. Like, yeah. That's pretty their much pra- what But that's those were part of their practices. That's why, you know, I understand now. But when I was younger, you know, everybody used to have. I used to buy like the packs of incense from all the Muslim brothers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And me and my mother was like, you ain't burning no incense in my house. You know, because she come out the old school church. And like, at the time, I was like, yo, you acting mad weird. Like, it smells good. What's the problem? In her eyes, that incense is too close to that sage. It's I know. It's that's all the right. same thing to me. You ain't burning no incense in this house. Uh-uh. I'll never forget. Like, I had my door closed. And I, and I, you know, I lit the incense or whatever, trying to get the little fragrance in there. And she came and was like, what? Uh-uh, put that out. We serve the Lord here. I'm like, yo. Like, uh-uh. She's like, Marcus, now you know you don't burn no incense. I was like, it's just incense. But I understand where she's coming from. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we have to be careful about... Thank you, Holy Ghost. Okay, so the children of Israel were in Babylon. And one of the things that they would have had to be mindful of is adapting the practices of the Babylonians. Because now you're in the midst of them. So it's like just when the Bible talks about being in this world but not being of this world, that we must be careful as the body of Christ to continually to hold up a standard because what will happen is we get comfortable around our surroundings. And what did Brian say? The little foxes? It's the little foxes? It's the little foxes. You start adapting the ways, the traditions of the people that enslaved you. And, the, the shore, yeah. and then what we doing now? 
Mm-hmm. I can remember a time not that long ago where, you know, black people weren't pill poppers. Now all of a sudden it's promethazine, promethazine this, syrup that, lean this. Wasn't 15, 20 years ago, you that wasn't a common practice among black people, just as a whole. Mm-hmm. But I honestly feel, all right, so I feel what you're saying. Right. But we also got to be careful with that because a lot of times we need to be educated enough to know that sometimes we're prescribed stuff just to get us hooked on it. Right. I'm not going to put nothing on blast. I'm no. not going to put nobody out there. But no I feel like there are times when people are given prescriptions. Mm-hmm. And they don't need necessarily need nothing that strong, Mm-mm. and you need to have somebody in your corner have the know with all to know with all to be like, I shouldn't take this. I'm not risking getting addicted to this because of a certain amount of pain. Right. And um, I I just feel like we need to be careful with how we say like you know the pills and all that. Um, and we can get off this subject real quick, but it's just that just that that. I feel like that's that's a good that's a good example, but at the same time, it's not a good example because it's like. But yeah, that's what you're saying. That's our yeah. dollar chain false security. Yeah, yeah right. Up. Like you, you, you know, you know what I'm getting at with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, we my family went through it when um what's the name uh, Ritalin first came out, I think like the '90s or whatever. I want to say they trying to give everybody that too. I heard. Right. So, my older brother, they wanted my they wanted to give it to my older brother, and um, so. Um, they tried to give it to my brother, so they had like a little meeting with my parents and, you know, child study team and all this other stuff. So they were giving my mom and dad all the information and my mom said, she said the Holy Ghost told her not to say nothing. She said, just let them talk. And, you know, they talked and they gave all the little details and quote, unquote, all the benefits and all this stuff for that. And the Holy Ghost told her to ask them what are the stats as far as the results for this? And she asked them that they had no answer. Because at that time, really, there was no number, there was no stats yeah, for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was a new drug. That's because the black kids were going to be the test dummies for it. That's what it came down to. Mm-hmm. That's really what it was. Right. The black kids, because that's who they were giving it to. Yeah. You know, oh, he's he can't sit still in class, put on a really. What? Put it, like, that's what it was. It could be anything. Your, your kid, quote unquote, was hyper. If your kid was, you know, he, he can't sit still. Well, he just seems to get bored real easy. Then that was always the thing. Like, well, maybe he needs X or Y because, you know, the, the other kids will take it out or all. Rabbit hole. Right. So, equity, gotcha. quality. Mm-hmm. Quality is giving everybody the same amount of things, right? Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean actually make it equal. Exactly. Or is it the other way around? I get what you're saying. Is, that the, is it the other way around? Well, speaking of the equality... It's it's equality versus the it's the equality versus equity. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which one you give somebody the exact same thing? Mm-hmm. Equality. And you know. Equity is. And then equity, I think the equity is when you give somebody what they what they need or something. I, I don't. I'm, I'm, I thought I'm about to mess it up. No, I I get what you. But what I'm saying is instead, like I feel like with certain things like with teaching and stuff, like why why don't they just like do a like, if things were fair and right, mm-hmm. what they would do is they would assess a child mm-hmm. on how they learn. Exactly. And then they would teach that child. Based off of that. Based off of that. Like, and I'm, I'm going to give you a real quick example. Me, I've been, I've been studying for my CDL, right? Right. I could read something so I'm blowing the face. Right. 
over and over and over again. One block. But if Vanessa gives me some type of visual or some a, re, a way to remember it, like, like with like a uh, like a sign or like something like something funny, I will instantly remember it. Like I have mm-hmm. a photo, almost a photographic memory, which makes me good at. That's probably why I'm good at drawing and stuff like that. Right. Because I remember things by seeing it. Right. Everybody don't learn that way. Exactly. So. Imagine how much I struggled in high school, and like it's just a school, mm-hmm. with certain subjects. Like things need to be, I need to be able to see how things work. Like I, you could tell me the answer or something, and then show me the problem and all that, and I still won't get it. But if you break it down, like literally break it down and show me, mm-hmm. I'll get it. Right. Well, I mean, I mean that that comes down to um, learning styles. Mm-hmm. You know, I won't go too far. I'm having, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it home in a minute, but. That's funny you say that because everybody's different learning style. So my brother was very technically sound. At the time, they didn't know that. He could take stuff apart and put together with his eyes closed with no problem. But they swore up and down that he had learned this about. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's my little brother. Right. And you're both smart square. My little brother, too. You're both smart square. But that's the thing. What happens is, and I, I'm going to tie right back to where we're at. So you have the children of Israel. Now they fall. They have... They didn't have a king, but God led them directly. And they clamored and wanted a king. They wanted a, somebody that could visually put their hands, you know, see and put their hands on. And they were warned against it. So now you up under slavery, up under a Babylonian king who doesn't have your interest at best at heart. Mm-hmm. You had God who loved you, led you, put, took you to a promised land. Put you where you were supposed to be and fulfill the promise. And that goes back to many times we will want and desire the things of, of the things around us and those the things that enslave us. So it was no different than with the children of Israel, just like we are now. My thing is this the same drugs that we use to mentally and psychologically enslave and impair black kids are the same things that they popping out like they tic tacs. Mm-hmm. You know desire, what I'm saying? Desire. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, allow, because like I said, it wasn't that long. Like, wasn't that long ago, black kids was not pill popping. That was not a thing. Like, I'm 36 going 37. I came through the 90s. I'm an 80s baby. We was not popping pills in the 90s. I was like, that was mad weird. Like, nobody. first of all, nobody in my house was sick. Nobody nobody might have prescriptions. So, I don't know where, like, kids would go, I guess, go on their they medicine, their parents' medicine cabinet. My mom and dad wasn't on nothing. They were they, they you know they weren't sick they weren't you know had no health major health mm-hmm. issues no psychological challenges all we knew in my house was praying healing oil that's all we knew so there was no <laughs> like there was no you know dad got a lot of little mental issues so he mm-hmm. takes Adderall for work there was none of that you know what I'm saying then all of a sudden that became that became introduced in the, in the 2000s to this next generation and wave of kids and now speed up to 2021 it's now common. Mm-hmm. Pill popping, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and they, and they, and they, they. It's not even to just kids though. I think it's it's adults. It's they, adults they, it's too, but it's introduced to the they kids quick to music. they quick yeah. to write you a prescription for quick. some per- Percocets, oxycodone, mm-hmm. knowing that you don't need it. Adderall. I just went through it recently when no, I, I didn't, had. I didn't want to put you out there. I just no. I mean, I just went through it recently where I had a surgery where I was basically in and out the same day. Mm-hmm. Um, I had gone through the surgery before, 
And for some reason, my nurse said, well, we're going to write you a prescription for oxycodone. And I said, okay. Um, and they were like, well, you know, after your procedure, you, you might experience some discomfort, discomfort, or it might still be painful for you. So we're just going to write it for you as a precaution, not because I needed it, but before a precaution. That sound like a setup. It's it it almost sound like a it setup. Like a setup <laughs> Cause I I even asked Norm just like so they've never given me this prescription before and I've had this procedure before, but now all of a sudden they want to write me a prescription for narcotics basically. For, yeah, the, the opioid. Yeah, an opioid, and I said I refuse to take it. I'm gonna go get it, but I ain't gonna take it. Yeah, unless you really needed it. Unless I really needed it and I didn't need it. Thank God I didn't need it. But I'm actually kind of scared to take to take it. Which I would be scared too. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. Let's get... We, we went all off. Let's we get back. Go off. We, I mean, we, we talking. We talking. It's a conversation. Well, that's, a, that's, that's false security, right? I mean, thinking about that because when you get these prescriptions, and granted, sometimes it's a need, right? We, we get that, but when okay, it becomes yeah. to an addiction, to it goes from a necessity to an addiction, that becomes a false security. That, oh, every time something happens, I just pop the pill. Mm-hmm. Life comes at you, I pop the pill. My day didn't go, my day didn't go too good at work, pop the pill. Me and my mom got into it, pop the pill. Mm-hmm. Me and my father got into it, pop the pill. Got in a car accident, pop the pill. Then all of a sudden... That has become your answer for everything. So, that's false security because you now believe that that is what fixes your problems, mm-hmm. and all that it really is is that little fox that takes your attention and turns it over here. And God is standing in the same exact spot that we turned Him away from. And it's not that God got to find us; it's we got to find God because we took our focus and put it everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and like you said, it's funny you picked those two. So that was the false security. And then other things become now our idols. You know, the, the, the person that sells you them pills because now you done ran out of scripts now. The person that sells you the, the pills is now your idol. Yep. He's, he or she is now important to you. Yeah. And God is still standing in the same spot that we left him. And he's saying, you don't have to do that. I'm standing right here. The peace and the healing that you need is right here. Mm-hmm. The deliverance that you seek is right here. You know? Yeah. And they all go hand in hand, though. That's probably why it's so easy to talk about them in and out like that. Because if you think about idolatry, mm-hmm. um, and then you talk about ar- like, I, like but, arrogance. But even in, in, the, in, the, in the word, God explains all the different woes, which are, woes are so- sorrows. Right. Yeah. Um, He's he's explaining all these different woes, but he's also striking it down with something. So, for example, I'll just throw one scripture out there. Um, <clears throat> he's saying, woe to him who piles up stolen, stolen goods and makes himself wealthy by extortion. How long must this go on? Will not your creditor suddenly arise? So he's saying, you sit up here being greedy. Okay. You, you apply for a credit card. Yep. I just got approved for $10,000 on my credit card. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going a, I'm to a charge it up. Let me charge it up, max it out. All right, now you got somebody coming after you for that money. Right. 
It's like you're doing it, but you're not going to get away with it. Even with down to the idolatry, well, um, woe to him who says to wood, come to life, or to to lifeless stone, wake up. Can it give guidance? It is covered with gold and silver. There is no breath in it. So you charging these crystals every day. Okay, this this crystal that has no breath or no, no life, life in it. Is now suddenly bringing good energy to right. you. It's suddenly making everything aligned for you. Mm-hmm. But there's no life in it. There's no breath. So how is it doing that? Right. Because I, I how do you even charge the crystal? That's what I don't. You get charge that. it. Well, from my understanding, you charge it with the sun. That I don't know. That might so not be it, at all. But you're charging. What? So what are we doing? Cloudy days. Eh, never mind. <sighs> just asking. <laughs> like, but there's so much, man. There's so much to that. <laughs> but these are little foxes, though. This is stuff that people haven't even researched truly yeah. to get a thorough understanding. Because if they did, they they realize that this can't be it. It looks good, though. Right. It, exactly. It's it's good practice. It's good tradition. It does look attractive. No doubt. To me, it looks attractive. It's. You know, I'm into that nature-ish. No doubt. I'm into that type of stuff. No doubt. But, like I said earlier, I almost got caught up with it. Right. But with the sage like and... There, there are people who are angry with God. I've had a conversation, actually, with somebody who are angry with God. And they almost were, like, attacking Christianity. Talking about... I don't come for you, but don't come for me, like, you know, charging my crystals and burning sage mm-hmm. and believing in spirituality and stuff. And I forgot what I asked them when they said that. I just said, I, I forgot what I said, but I remember saying pretty much like, so... Somebody said that to you? Don't come for me? No, they said it in a post and okay. I responded to it. Cause, but I didn't attack them. I just was like trying to figure out where they come from and... Mm-hmm. Before I even said anything, they were like, no, I don't read the Bible. And I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, do what you do. Right. Right. But But we still want to tell you that there's nothing in what you're doing. What is the proof that you have that it's actually working? I look at that like they felt guilty about what they were doing. So they felt like they had to, uh, they had to, um, almost come for us. Mm-hmm. Come for Christianity mm-hmm. because they felt attacked. Well, but that, I feel like that came out of guilt. It comes out of guilt, and I, I feel like many times people are seeking alternatives to submission to God because it's easy to you know charge crystals. It's That's easy what I'm to burn saying, sage. like an easy way out. Yeah, like because it doesn't require no submission. You don't have to submit to sage. You don't have to submit to crystals. Mm-hmm. You don't have to submit to that. You burn them today and you don't have to burn it for two weeks. Say it. Say it, Marcus. You know what I'm saying? That's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. That's why many people say, oh, Christianity is so difficult. Because it requires, the Bible talks about it. It requires commitment, submission, and it requires yes. a breaking of your will. Yes. It requires of you waiting on someone else to answer before you take your next say step. It. 
Folk don't want to do that. My thing is this. If you don't want to submit, then just say that. Like, just, just, you know, just say, look, I, I'm at a point where I want to, you know, submit my will. Then say that part. Don't come to me and try to give me some backstory on say That was good. That was good. nasty. That's good. You know, just, I'm just like, don't come, don't come to me with this backstory on what you think Sage is now going to do. You think Sage? Or don't is, tell me that you're doing it because right. it makes me feel good, and you know, you're average, not harming anybody. The average person that burned Sage right now wasn't burning Sage two years ago. I know it's for a fact we weren't burning. Sage Thank you. Ago. It ain't nothing but a fact. Because I, I, know I know this person. That's what I'm saying. Like Ooh. we weren't burning. We weren't burning Sage five years ago, I'm ten years ago. Like, hey, listen, I'm get we wasn't burning sage when you was growing up as a kid. Your mother wasn't burning. Your grandmother wasn't burning. Now, all of a sudden, you a grown person. Now, sage is your answer. Mm-hmm. So, what was the answer before the last 30 years? That's what I want to mm-hmm. know. What we was doing before that? We keep getting caught up in all these little trends. Like I said, we go right back to the Bible. Because I'm sure there were groups of people that adapted the ways of the Babylonians and felt like, well, this is now the way. Well, you saw the hand of God before you were enslaved, didn't you? you? You heard of that. Even if you didn't see it, you heard of a time where the children of Israel submitted directly to God. And that was their connection. And how the disobedience is what landed them here. So let's not play dumb like that. They never happened. Mm-hmm. Because it did. History tells us that. And it's no different than now. You can't say, well, sage is not my answer. But your mother was saved and your mother told you about being saved. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now, every time you needed something, every time you needed God to be there, he answered. He was there because your mother was a praying woman. Now, 30 years later, praying good enough. <laughs> Just say you don't want to submit. Save Just say you don't want that flesh to die. <laughs> Just tell me that. But don't try to tell me these, these crystals is what's getting the job done. Because I, I, I'm i healing oil all day long. You ain't about to tell me crystals is, is going to get the job done. Don't That's not going to happen. Yeah, go out I think it's funny how people come at us for <laughs> believing. Go sit down for, Fraggle Rock. Right. right. I think, <laughs> but look, like, I think it's funny how people come at us because they're saying, okay, you're, you're putting, you believe in a higher power, mm-hmm. but you can't see them. Right. Like, you can't hear them. Mm-hmm. But yet, how dumb do you look worshiping a rock? Right. Who who's who's who looks dumber? So or this this is what our our ancestors did. So did they sage their way up out of slavery? That's why probably in slavery. We went through slavery and we right. went through what we gonna do now. Because we have adapted as a people, we've adapted more things that God did not design than any other people walking this planet. Maybe maybe these white people are the Babylonians. Well, my listen, because there's a lot. Cause they got a lot of ways that I'm trying to t- like. There's a lot of stuff that we have done or have adopted over just the last handful of decades. Even down to suicide, black people didn't kill themselves. Mm-hmm. What even that wasn't that wasn't a thing for us. Yeah, down even down to that, black people. <laughs> you know what's Marcus. crazy? No, that's facts though. You know what's crazy? Whenever you look at a thing on slavery. You never see none of the slaves killing themselves. No, because we are a resilient bunch. Um, Think about I it. I don't know because I learned, and I don't know if it's true. You talking about jumping off the boats and stuff? Yeah. I'm not talking about that. Okay. I'm talking about once they got here, here, right? They just 
they kind of. I'm not saying nobody ever right, committed suicide. Right, 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 right. But it wasn't. Is, that's like, not. It wasn't prominent. That wasn't. Right. We wasn't. Because they given, all could have just walked. Yeah, they right, all could have like, died. Yeah. No more. But they were just went back to Africa and got some more and brought them over. Right. Right. So right. I. I, I feel like that is that, that that's that is something because. Yeah, I'm. Just, I'm just saying like we. We we keep whether and it's not to say that everything that we have done comes from, a, a, a this set of people, but. We keep on taking on things that God has not designed. It like goes back to what I said earlier about Israel saying that they wanted a king. They didn't need a king. They had God Himself leading them. <laughs> you so hold up. So you go. Because <laughs> you know what's crazy though that God we like really talking about this like even even like the Native Americans they worship a lot of different. The polytheistic. A lot of different, like, deities and stuff. Like, They're polytheistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Egyptians were, too. Yeah, Egyptians. Like, if you really think about it, like, I'm really wondering if the yeah. settlers, the yeah. colonizers, were mm-hmm. like the Babylonians. Listen, think a lot I think of a lot what, of people probably think that. Well, a lot of, a lot of what we do has just in the last 400 years I can't go back to a thousand years ago I you know it's too far back to even be sure but there are things specifically that have occurred that have been occurring amongst their people there was a time where it did not with our people and then over periods of time it became our norm it became our practices mm-hmm. and things of that nature that mm-hmm. just that's just factual like I said suicide Prescription pills, youth abuse, are two things that was not common amongst black folk. It was not. That's a fact. That's not an if and or maybe. That's a fact. I'm old enough to know that. Like I said, the 90s, was that was like my middle school and high school years. That was not a fad. That was not a thing. That was not something that we were doing. Yeah. Like, nah. That just wasn't like, because like I said, in my household, my parents weren't even sick. Where, where would I get it from? Mm-hmm. My grandmother, she had blood pressure. Oh, oh, possible. Yeah, that's crazy. Cause I, don't, I don't think about it. I don't remember hearing about any pop pills popping and all that. Until right. It's not until it was like our 20s. it's not until it became mainstream. Right. And our black rappers started putting it in their songs. L- talking about lean popping Molly. Yeah. Remember like, that? What's that song? The popping Molly song. I can't even think um, about it. Think Trinidad James. Yeah. No. Molly, pop- I'm sweating. Woo. That was the first Molly, one. I'm sweating. Yeah, Trinidad Woo. James. Yeah. That yeah. was the first. He was the first one, and it was. Was future. he though? <laughs> Around that era, time. Well, because no, that was like him in future. 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 Probably in the future. But the thing is, that spoke to where they were at in that frame of time, who they was hanging with. Right. They had to now. I got now. They had the the financial access to be around these people to afford to purchase these drugs, mm-hmm. and then they go back and talk about it. Meek would talk about how he used, he was abusing pills for the longest. Mm-hmm. You know, like you could tell almost. he was. You could see you could you could hear the Meek's music. You could off his rip from being able to rip somebody a new one off of his. Like he he could really like go in on somebody. Battle rapping, right? Barely being able to put a. I don't know, like, just to piece things together. Yeah. Like. Right. So, I mean, like, he, it, yeah, it was bad. Yeah, like, it didn't it didn't make sense. Like, that whole battle, it was just like, yo, I know Meek gonna take care of business. It's gonna be an easy one. Then it was like, and then he came out and was like, yeah. 
But that's that's become our custom. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That and and when you're when you're not if you're not careful, that's what happens. It becomes your custom. Mm-hmm. Just like when Moses went up to the mount. Moses took too long by the children of Israel standing for him to come back. So they said, Well, let's make us a golden calf. Why? Because idolatry had become their custom based mm-hmm. off of who? Where mm-hmm. did they just come from? Egypt. Mm-hmm. Because that was their custom. But if, it's, yeah. but if you make it, how does it become above you? It becomes your God. Yeah. Because the because it was it was their God before. You know, the Egyptians, they Egyptians are polytheistic and they worship many different deities and many different things. There was not one and that goes against what God is. There is no other thing to worship. I am the thing you worship. The so living the, God. The living God. So then it becomes, well, the rain God and, and the snow God and, and the grass God. And we praying for this over here and the, and the goddess of fertility, the goddess of, uh, of death and all this other stuff, all these things that now we're praying for or that we're becoming accustomed to. But if you're not careful, then that's what happens. Something like that becomes your custom. Fact. You know what I'm saying? And you that's perverted. You perverted. Yeah, like that becomes your custom. It's like, so the children of Israel, the longer they refused to repent is the longer they stayed in bondage and the more they took on the identity of their enslavers. Mm -hmm. Just like us today. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's little stuff and things that you probably don't even think about, but it happens all the time. That golden calf ain't give them no answer, but God did. Right. And while they were <laughs> worshiping the calf, mm-hmm. Moses coming down with the commandments on how to c- continue to please God. I can just imagine how he looked. Like, <laughs> yeah, these things like, what the mother? I know y'all niggas. <laughs> he probably slammed them down. Right. I know he was like, ain't this about a? He probably walked around like, what? Like I just like he just came back from the presence of God, so it's like he like up here on this yeah. spiritual high. Like <laughs> yes. I've been in the presence of God for a couple of days. Uh, like, probably had a glow me. around him right. and everything. Like, like it's been me and the Lord. Come down, like what's popping? Right, like, like it's, just, it's been me and the <laughs> Lord. Like, ew, ew, I'm back. Right. I got, I, what, the, I got the. He got the glow on him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he, <laughs> like Leroy. Right. Came he down. Got the glow. Came down like. <laughs> I just blow on him like Leroy. Who's the master? <laughs> God is. Right, like I just been with him. And then I know y'all. I know y'all ain't doing with this cat. Like, and y'all done burnt some of my gold for this? You done burnt my bracelet? Y'all worshiping worship the golden calf, Negro, please. Right. Like, but, like, I could only imagine, like, oh, man. Ooh, <laughs> I could just imagine. I would be like, I'm just going, yo, line up. I'm smacking everybody. Yeah. Who, who who started this? Who idea was this? Come see me. First thing in the morning. Straight up. <laughs> and that would drive me crazy. Ooh. But, like, some of the stuff, like, we, we've attached ourselves to is, like, how? Like, but that's what happens when you not focusing on God. And it's usually that comes when you dealing with life's challenges. You you quote unquote you get weak and your your flesh gets even weaker, and you fall prey to all this other stuff, man. Mm-hmm. All this other stuff, and yeah, violence, five woes, greed, 
That's five wolves, y'all. Look into it. Right. These are the things that that are true. We just gave y'all some examples of right things mm-hmm. God was speaking to Habakkuk mm-hmm. years and years ago. I can't even really even wrap my head around how long ago it was. Right. This was was this BC? Still BC. It this was BC. You talking about maybe like six, seven hundred years? So y'all, yeah. Listen, same things going on today. That's what's crazy to me. Right. Somebody maybe like seven, eight hundred years before Jesus Christ died, and then there's another, there's a silent period of maybe like a few, like three, four hundred years. <laughs> Plus that, so you talking about maybe like a thousand years in between that and the synoptic gospels and recount recap mm-hmm. of what happened prior to that's that's bananas. But all of that was going on all in that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, I, we, that's the so, I, I would like to talk about that. I know it's limited information, but maybe on like a future podcast talking about like that silent period and the significance of it. The silent period of uh, Old Testament, New Testament. Oh, okay. So, yes. so there was a gap. Yeah. Silent period. So we gonna, we gonna touch on that. Yeah, another pot. Right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. For all that's, our listeners. Yeah, that's the you know the rise and fall of Rome happened in between that time frame, right? And Alexander the Great and all that, all that happened within that time frame. And the Bible alludes to it. A lot of people don't know that God made connection. No, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Because they talk about BC and AD and all that when they talk about mm-hmm. them stories. So mm-hmm. right, they have to. Because some of the kings that I think it's funny. Wait, wait. I think it's funny how historians mm-hmm. extremely quick to be BC AD, mm-hmm. but you don't believe in God. Mm-hmm. The, whole, the whole that's the whole point of that period is they don't identify as well. Jesus died, and then that's what happened. They call it a silent period. Well, that's what happened. That's what initiated the silent period. Right. Right. Because. There's a reason why Jesus went before Rome, the Roman kings and stuff like that, because that was on their rise and incline up to its height, and then it fell within that so that that time period as well. And that's how they split, and then things went from there. So when you get to the New Testament and they're talking about the Synoptic Gospels and Jesus going before Roman kings, they're talking about it retrospectively before him dying. But that's undoable. <laughs> No, man, it's, 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 it's pretty dope. Like, I it's, really want to dig on that. Like, yeah, it's a lot I definitely want to pick your brain about that. Yeah, there's a lot um, that goes into it. But, yeah, now we on... Habakkuk's what, prayer? Third. Yeah, chapter Third chapter three. of the book, um, Habakkuk's prayer. Right. So, in this prayer, um, it's basically a lament to God. Mm-hmm. Um, Habakkuk seems to have calmed down a lot from when he first started speaking with God. As far as his tone, right? Um, we can see from scripture, um, it's verses one to nineteen. Right. So it's a really long passage, mm-hmm. um, and this. Let me help you out, babe. Yes. Got a little brain fart. Yeah, I got a little brain fart. I'm, I'm looking at my notes and I'm just like, okay. It's crazy when you got notes and you still trying to get the words up. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I'm I'm back on it. Okay. Um, so Habakkuk is basically in the first part of his prayer. He is reversing everything that God has done previously. So I'll just start off where so the second verse is Lord, I have heard of your fame. 
I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. So right there, he's basically reversing everything that God has done before. Um, back in the Old Testaments. Um, God came from ten men, the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and his praise filled the earth. Right. So right there, he's talking about um, Moses mm-hmm. and him bringing the tablets down. Um, and then in his splendor with, his splendor was like the sunrise, rays flashed from his hand where his power was hidden. Plague went before him. Pestilence followed his steps. I don't know. Do y'all want me to read? Yeah, go ahead. Let's hit that. Okay. Where was I? He stood and shook the earth. He looked and made the nations tremble. The ancient mountains crumbled and the age-old hills collapsed. But he marches on forever. I saw the tents of cushion in distress, the dwellings of Midian in anguish. Were you angry with the rivers, Lord? Was your wrath against the streams? Did you rage against the sea with your when you rode your horses and your chariots to victory? You uncovered your bow. You called for many arrows. You split the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and wreathed. Torrents of water swept by. The deep roared and lifted its waves on high. Sun and moon stood still in the heavens at the glint of your flying arrows, at the leaming of your flashing spear. In wrath, you strode through the earth, and in anger, you threshed the nations. You came out to deliver your people to save your anointed one. You crushed the leader of the land of wickedness. You stripped him from head to to foot. When his own spear, you pier- with his own spear, you pierced his head. When his warriors stormed out to scatter us, gloating as though about to devour the wretched, you were in hiding. You trampled, you trampled the sea with your horses, churning the great waters. I heard, and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. De- decay crept into my bones, and my legs trembled. Yet. I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive tree, the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on heights. Uh-huh. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. <laughs> Don't call me a ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yes, ma'am. So, yeah. Like I was saying earlier, this is a lament to God. It's Habakkuk is, is appealing to God. And I think that he's finally just come to peace with God's answer in a way almost being like i trust you now like i've seen what you've done in the past i've seen what you've done in the past and i believe you like that's it i I like how the bible gives those type of um accounts of how we kind of go through our 
circumstance, the emotion of it, mm-hmm. and how we're feeling in that moment. Yeah, you know, same thing like with David. David went through different emotions, and it was the same thing where he would go through his circumstance, and you have the emotion of it, kind of his vibe, what he's thinking about that moment, and then he would bring it to a close. Uh, Paul, too, wrote a lot. Um, because, and I think it's the Bible letting us know, like, okay, like, these emotions are real. These are legit. You're going to have your questions. You're going to have your concerns. You, you know, you want to ask God different things. And I believe the word encourages to, because many times it's not so much of the answer that we need, but it's so much of, like, Lord, I need some reassurances. God, I need comfort. Yeah. God, I, I need yeah. you to understand that this is where I'm at. Of course, we know that God does, but we know that God has the power to just provide simple words in those times, in those moments, and it make things better. Mm-hmm. It gives us that strength. It gives us that energy. It gives us that fortitude to keep going. Mm-hmm. And many times, that's what we need. Yeah. Even in his silence, the silence is golden in the fact that if I didn't hear an answer today, then I need to seek God again tomorrow. And even if I don't give get the answer I'm looking for tomorrow, that God is so great that I can go back to him next week, next month, next year, and I could still seek him. And even in that silence, I'm still being encouraged. Mm-hmm. Because even if I'm not getting an answer, I'm still getting closer to God. Yeah. So it works twofold. So, you know, the, awesome. pr- the prayers is is needed, and you know, like you like you put in your notes, you say it closes with the confession of faith, um, and we should always profess that. To we're telling God, God, I trust you, and we we'll also remind the enemy that I still trust God, because the enemy needs to know that too. He needs to know that this is this is not gonna be easy when I'm not gonna be able to trip Norm up. I'm not going to be able to convince Ness to turn away from God. I'm not going to be able to convince Marcus to just, you know, put his faith down and not pick it up. It's a confession to the world that I trust in God. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever the circumstance is, whatever challenges that come, because we know they're coming. Mm-hmm. But my, I'm not changing my stance on this. I'm not, if I got to die in this position where I'm trusting God, then so be it. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And I, you yeah. know. I can't guarantee my life, but I know I'm going to stay with God because there's nothing better. Yeah. The world can't give us nothing better. This is the best it's going to get. And as long as I'm with him, I know that in the end, I'm going to get exactly whatever I ask for. Yeah. And I think we can really learn from this prophet that, like you were saying, I love how um, Habakkuk was in the beginning. He was just so confused and distraught. And I believe we find ourselves in that that position a lot i know i do and i can relate to him in that manner because i'm a lot of times i go through life i'm i'm stressed out i don't know why i'm like god what what is going on and i'm just in a season where everything is just in turmoil or i feel like it's in turmoil and i go to my father and i'm pleading with him like god please please answer me what are you doing like where do I need to go? Guide me. I'm frustrated. And then in the beginning, I'm frustrated. But then after I talk to him, he makes me feel like, okay, you ain't got to be frustrated. Calm down. <laughs> you. Hold your horses. I got, I got you. Be cool. Now, Vanessa, and this is the thing I've been learning. Be patient. Be patient and wait on me to work out what I need to work out in your life. So I love that I can learn that from this prophet. And 
in this chapter, he's just loving on God and expressing to him, like, I know you're gonna, I know you're gonna get me through this, and I especially really love how he ending it ended it in verse nineteen, where he says, um, basically, God makes his feet like the feet of a deer, right? Walking on the side of a of, of a mountain, basically, treading on high heights. So that's like, how can I? Sure footing, like you're. Yeah, sure footing. Yeah. So even right. with me feeling unsure about something or I'm on the side of something, I'm on the side of a ledge and I feel like I'm about to fall off, I can rest assured knowing that God is going to keep me on that mountain. And I can just walk. I don't need to feel like I'm going to fall. I don't need to feel like I'm not going to get to where I need to go to because I know God is with me. Mm-hmm. And that's that's basically what Habakkuk is expressing to God right now. Sounds good to me. Let's do it. All the listeners out there, just, you know, be encouraged. Um, Whatever your circumstances, whatever your current situation looks like, know that God hears you. Um, He understands your circumstance more than you do. You know, the blind spots that you're not getting answers in that current moment. Know that God, he sees it. He knows all. He sees all. um, And he understands the process that you're going through. And even though it's a challenge, understand that the best thing you can do now is to stay with God. And rejoice in the fact that God has even loved you enough to allow you to go through these things. And know that God's going to be out on the other side, you know, waiting on you to come through it because he's given you the strength to get through it. And uh, it will be a testimony not only for you, but for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's plenty for your thoughts. Podcast. We got here. Mark it. Next. the intro music in there. Lies that we tell while the rebel still yells. Yeah. A liberty was missing when they were ringing the bell. Nah. Nine inch nails, I see a gun shells. Thank God we draw from the well. Christ. I'm doing well with my wife and kid. Asking forgiveness for the things that I did. We not perfect, but the God we worth it. Labor the dream, then you birth it. Let's say with a discussion if it's only surface. Reaching in my bag if it's full of purpose. We walking in agreement, got the devil nervous. Penny for your thoughts. Got a penny for your thoughts. Yeah. Here go a 